Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. I had a really hard time deciding what I was going to talk about today and not because I couldn't think of anything to talk about. That was not the case. It was because I had so many things that were on my heart and on my mind that I've experienced over the last few days. And the election was yesterday. So I went out and voted and I hope you all did too. And I started looking at the results last night as the polls were closing and as they were reporting and seeing who's winning. And I was looking at it with my husband and we kept like refreshing the page and seeing the numbers change. And I was like, I, I cannot do this. <laughs> I cannot keep refreshing this page and just like, like looking at the results as if it's going to change anything. I'm not going to choose to worry and stress and fear over what is happening in the world. I just can't even go there. I can't even think about it. And I told him, I said, we just need to go to sleep. And this is all in God's hands and not stress and not worry. And when I woke up this morning, I looked and some of the, the things that were very scary um, here in Michigan, we had proposal three that was being voted on. And if it passed, um, you could have an abortion whenever you wanted, like whenever, like I want an abortion, doesn't matter how far along you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. You don't even need your parents to consent to it. And you also don't need your parents to consent if you want to change your sexual identity. So you could be 12 years old and decide that you want to start taking puberty blockers and hormone replacement. And you know, I was telling my mother-in-law, I'm like, it's insane to me that you have to be 18 to get a tattoo <laughs> because they know that chances are if you get a tattoo under the age of 18, you'll probably regret it when you're older. So it's crazy to me that you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, yet you can you know, change your sexual identity when you're 12 or 13 or 14. And I was just like flabbergasted, like what is this world that we even live in? And I looked and so far right now, the numbers aren't completed, but almost all the polls have reported. And so far it looks like it's passing. And it's not like I was fearful or worried or anxious, I was more so disappointed and like my heart was breaking. And I made a post on Facebook this morning, uh, just kind of about the end times. I was talking with my mom and dad. I sent them a screenshot in our family chat. And I said, I cannot believe the world that we live in. And I, I shared the poll results. And I'm so grateful that I have my parents because they have turned me into who I am today and they were sending scripture and my mom was sending her devotional for the day, but I shared on Facebook and I said, crazy that this was written over 2000 years ago in the Bible about what was coming. 
And it's from second Timothy chapter three, verses one through five. And it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then I wrote, I'm pretty sure we have arrived. And I had a ton of people. I only posted it an hour ago and there's already 70 likes on it and 57 comments and three shares because I think a lot of Christians woke up this morning kind of feeling the same way. And I'm just sad. Like I literally could cry and I'm not even an emotional person like that. I just think what I've seen lately is so disheartening and I cannot believe the scales and the veil that are over people and they just cannot see what's happening. And they're just thinking about abortion in general. I think I was talking to John last night and I said, the only reason why you would want to end a pregnancy is because of sin. And maybe not your own sin. Maybe something happened to you, like you were raped and that's still sin because of the rottenness and the terribleness in this world. People think that two wrongs make a right. Let's just end this pregnancy. Let's kill this child. And it's to me, it's so sad because God is working all things together for our good. And he has a plan for every single life. And this is all kind of working together. And I think I'm, I had a, such a hard time choosing what to talk about because things that I've seen and experienced over the last few days have just been so powerful. And I realized that they all kind of go together. They all kind of work together. And that's the beauty of God is that everything works together for his good. You know, passing these bill, these laws and these bills and these proposals and the elections and everything, we know that God is in control. Uh, Psalm 112.7 says, he is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. So don't be afraid of the bad news. Don't be fearful of, oh, what are we going to do? God knew what was going to happen. And in Second Timothy that I just read from my Facebook post, he said it was coming. It's not like he's like, oh no, what are we going to do? Like He knew it was coming and he knows what is going to continue to come. And it reminds me that nothing here on this earth even matters. Nothing matters. The way that the world is going, I think it's going to end a lot sooner than people think because it was disgusting 10 years ago. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in 40 years when my daughter is 50 years old, raising her own grandchildren. It just makes me awake. And I've done a lot of podcasts about being awake. And uh, there was a couple episodes that I recorded. Um, one was called Wake Up. And the other one was called Did You Fall Asleep? It's Time to Wake Up was episode 32. And Did You Fall Asleep was episode 33. 
And if you're just coming to terms with this whole spiritual awakening, or you're just starting to see the truth, the scales are falling off your eyes one by one, and you're starting to see things for what they really are. You're just starting to view things differently in the world, in your life, things that you once cared about, you don't really care about them that much. I encourage you to listen to these two episodes because it is time to wake up. It is urgent. And I was trying to think of the word that was in me that I felt because it wasn't fear. It wasn't anxious. It wasn't doubt. It was urgency. I feel this quickness in my spirit. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we just asleep watching the world crumble around us? We were created to spread the good news. We were created for a reason. But because you have fallen asleep, because the devil has you in shackles and you don't realize it, because he's controlling you, because you're addicted, because you're depressed, because you're anxious, because you're isolating, you cannot go out into the world and make a difference like you were created to do. So just like the devil is ending babies' lives before they even get a chance to change the world and be who they were called to be, the devil is ending your life by telling you the same things and getting you to think that you're not good enough, to think that you're never going to break this cycle, to think that you're never going to get ahead of this. You're never going to feel better. You're never going to be healed. And going through my 12-step recovery program this year in my church, going through therapy last year, I have completely been healed and restored. Completely. I don't feel at all like I used to two years ago where I was journaling about wanting to end my life, where I felt so hopeless. I felt so numb and dead inside. I no longer feel that. And I was talking to my mom last night on the phone and I told her that it is so crazy that people think that it will take so long to change. Like this struggle is taking so long. Is it ever going to get better? Is it ever going to change? Am I ever going to grow out of this? Is, am I ever going to not be a prisoner of this feeling anymore? Yes. And it happens faster than you could even imagine. Like literally it took me about four months of being intentional and my life was completely different than what it had been. Four months. I'm 33 years old. Four months out of 33 years, it took me to turn things around. And it wasn't even that hard to do. So we're tricked thinking this is going to last forever. This is a sin that's going to carry on for generations, or this addiction is never going to end. And I think the whole abortion thing is so close to home for me because I almost had an abortion. And when I was 18 and found myself pregnant with twins, I didn't know they were twins yet, but when I took the test and found out I was pregnant, it's so easy to think that I could just go back to how I was living. Like I could just go back and it would be fine. Like I could just end this all. I could go to the doctor and I'm sure not even that far along and I could go and I could just end this and my life would go back to normal. And that's all I kept thinking is that I could be in control of this. I can make this all stop. 
to me, being pregnant was like the worst news I ever could have gotten at 18. Like this, my life is over. That my life is over. That's all I kept thinking. That's all I kept saying. Like, it's over. I can't even afford to pay for stuff for myself. How am I going to afford a baby? I'm not even in a serious relationship. I, I don't even live anywhere right now. I was literally homeless. I was couch hopping and living with friends and different people because I had been kicked out of my house. And I was at the worst place of my entire life. I was addicted. I was broken. I had no idea who I was. I desperately wanted approval of the world. I desperately wanted to fit in. I wanted to feel loved and cherished and adored. And what I thought was the worst thing that ever happened in my whole life actually turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's, it's not because, you know, my kids, oh, it's great. I love my kids. It's, it's, it's such a gift. And it is. But I don't mean it's the best thing that happened to me, like becoming a mother and loving it. I mean, like, if that wouldn't have happened, I think I would be dead right now. I, I really, truly believe that I would be dead. And not only physically dead, but that also means spiritually dead. Because the things of this world don't matter. It's what happens after. So if something kills you here, and you aren't right with God here, you're not going to heaven and it's for eternity. So truly it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it woke me up to what I was doing and what I was allowing. It really started the journey of changing my life and realizing, okay, what am I doing here? Thank God I got pregnant by John because there were a lot of guys I would not want to have had babies with and thank God it was him. And he had a plan for this, but I truly believe that the twins I have that are 13 now, I truly believe that they're going to change the world. And God has spoken that to me over and over that the last year I've learned my biggest number one thing that I learned this year is that it's not about me. It's not about me. I've always thought it was about me. I've always been a person where it's all about Taryn. It's all about me all the time. And even when I was trying to find my purpose in life and I was trying to navigate, who am I? What, what am I here for? It was all focused on me. You know, what is my purpose? I need to find my purpose. I need to feel better. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to feel like I'm doing something for God. And it was I, I, I. And I really realized it's not about me. It's about other people. And it's about me knowing my identity and knowing who I am in Christ so that my gifts can change the world and other people, not because of me, but through Jesus in me, changing the world as we know it. And I had a choice to end my pregnancy. And I'm glad that I was raised in a Christian home that it was repeated to me over and over and over and over, no matter what. If you get pregnant, you have the baby. You can put it up for adoption. It's God's plan. You never kill someone and take it into your own hands. And the second it forms inside of you, it already has a plan. It is a living human being. Even if it doesn't look like that, it is. And so if I wouldn't have been raised with those 
values, I wouldn't have made that decision. And so God really uses people in our life to speak into us and to help us. But what about the people that are caught up in generational sin and generational curses and they don't have Christian values being taught to them as they're raised. They don't have a family pouring love and life into them and quoting scripture and quoting the truth and quoting what the Bible says, because it's the truth. If I didn't have that, I 100% would have had an abortion. And so, yes, people argue I should have a choice over my body. I should be able to do whatever I want with my body. But if you're not going to make the right choices according to God, then you shouldn't be able to make those choices. And I truly believe that every single thing happens in this world. It's for the good. And I've had this realization through therapy and through this 12-step recovery program that I was I was abandoned when I was younger and you guys have heard that story and it really messed me up. And my biological father walked out on me and came back and left and came back and left and came back because I was the result of a teen pregnancy and not in a loving relationship, very toxic. And because of that happening, he ended up leaving my life and my mom married and her husband adopted me when I was younger and he's my dad. He raised me and he is the most incredible man ever. But I had a lot of resentment against my mom for what she did and having me as a teen and then causing all of these problems in my life because of her sin. I dealt with abandonment and that affected how I was. And as I grew up, it affected my identity. It affected my worth. It affected my triggers and how I need to fit in and be approved of. I mean, it affected so much, including continuing the generational sin of becoming a teen mom myself. And I was so resentful and I was so bitter and I was so angry at my biological father for abandoning me and giving me up. And how can you do that? And you ruined my life. And I remember one time I called him on the phone and I gave him a piece of my mind a few years ago, maybe like five years ago now or six years ago. And all I kept telling him on the phone is you ruined my life. You ruined my life. How dare you? You ruined my life. And I was so angry and I was so hurt and I was so upset. And that's just what I repeated over and over in my mind for 31 and a half years, like they ruined my life. Why me? Why do I struggle with this issue? Why do I struggle with abandonment? If you wouldn't have done this, it wouldn't have affected me. And God spoke to me over the last year. And he said, I allowed it to happen. I allowed it to happen for something bigger to come from this. And it's exactly like what he did for Jesus. He could have taken the cross away from Jesus. He didn't have to die. God could have said, you know what? I'll find a different way. But he knew that if he allows this, something bigger, something greater is going to come from it. And a lot of times we think, why me? Why me? Remember, God is only focused on eternity. He wants as many of his children to come into heaven as possible. He doesn't want anyone to perish. 
In fact, that's why he hasn't come back yet. I was saying for, for years, I hate this world and I cannot wait for Jesus to come back. But I'm very glad that I'm not God and you should be glad too because I would have came back a long time ago because he is so patient and he doesn't want to see anybody perish. And he is so patient with the lost people in this world and he wants them to have an opportunity to come to him so they can spend eternity with him. That is what God cares about. He cares about things of eternal matter. So when we're focused on temporal things and we're focused on things of this world right now in our little bubble and in our life, and we think, why me? Why would you let me suffer? Why would you let me be abused? Why would you have me born into that family? Why would you have me sick? Why would you have me lose a child? Why would you have me lose a spouse? Why would you have all this suffering and pain? Why do bad things happen to good people? And I realized that he does it because he knows that something better is going to come. And for me, I realized that if I would have been raised with my biological father, and maybe my parents would have been together, that would have been terrible. So toxic. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Even if they were separated and he was still in my life and he was my main father figure that I was looking up to, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be able to help people in this world. I wouldn't be able to relate. I wouldn't have the heart that I have for the people who I have it for because I would be different. And to think that I, that God sacrificed my childhood and my life and he knew that I could be strong and I could get through and he knew that there was something bigger for me. I just can't help but think what else does he have in store for you that you haven't even seen yet? But fear is holding you back. Last night I was praying. I wasn't even praying. I was just, I was just kind of talking to God. I had my phone in my hand and it was when I was looking at the polls and I went in my room and I plugged my phone in and I just, I just like, God just felt my heart. I didn't even really put words together. I didn't ask God for anything. I didn't even say anything in my mouth or in my mind. And the Holy Spirit just really connected with God and told him how I felt. He knew this pain with the election and just feeling so heartbroken and he gave me this, these two words. And I immediately opened the notes section in my phone and I wrote down a new book I'm going to write one day. And I had the title and I wrote down a new shirt idea that I'm going to create. And I wrote down that I was going to name the, this podcast episode, these two words today. And this is potentially going to be a series that we're going to go through because this is something that God has been showing me. He first showed me that I need to believe that I'm chosen and anointed. I truly need to believe that. And then my actions need to match that. I know that it took about a year, year and a half for me to actually believe this from being like, okay, I'm going to believe this. And it took about a year and a half for my actions to match up. Now I truly believe I am chosen and anointed. 
at first it was very hard for me to say that. And I put it on my shirts because I needed to constantly remember, I needed it like that affirmation in front of my face where I am chosen and anointed. I am chosen and anointed. When I first started saying it, I felt conceited. I felt like a phony, like, who do I think I am? Like, oh, I am chosen and anointed. Like, I just felt so weird saying it. And now I truly believe it to my core. And I can spot it in other people when I talk to them that they don't believe that about themselves. And if you don't believe that about yourself, you can't move on. You have to believe it and your actions have to line up. The second thing God told me was be still. Stop trying to run around, flail, flail around, work, plan, plot, scheme, do all these things to make it happen. Just be still, spend time with God and allow God to make it happen and allow God to speak to me instead of trying to find the information, just be still. And this is the third thing that God has revealed to me now, and it's becoming fearless. We truly need to become fearless in order to be able to move forward into the calling God has on our life. And the reason why is because we are so riddled with fear. I knew that fear was holding me back. I knew I was afraid of certain things but I didn't realize how much I allowed fear to control my life. And I recorded a podcast recently. It's episode 86. It was called focus and fear. And if you miss that one, you need to go listen to that one. And you can finish listening to this one and then go listen to that one. It doesn't matter what order you listen to them in, but that podcast talks a ton about fear and what God says about fear and how many times it's in the Bible and why we need to live fearless. And I even talked about a ton of examples of people in the Bible that had to do things that they were very fearful of, but they relied on God. And if they wouldn't have done that, the world wouldn't be how it is today. And I really want you to listen to that podcast because it will help you to see that every single person who's ever done anything amazing had fear and they had to overcome it. And in order to be who God says we are, and in order to change the world and to change our own worlds and our own generations, starting with ourselves, moving into our closest family, moving into the next layer of family, our outer family, our friends, our community, who we're around, our influence, and then going out further and further and further into the world. Don't get it backwards. Don't think I need to make an impact and go right on Instagram and TikTok and I need to build this brand and I want to really just empower and inspire people. It starts with yourself and then it's your family and then you move your way out. And if you have it backwards, it's going to take you a lot longer to figure this out because you have to do it this way. It starts with you and it moves out. If you're ignoring and neglecting the people in your home, but it's never going to work. If you're riddled with fear and you're trying to tell other people to not be fearful, it's never going to work. But becoming fearless is so crucial to living out your life and to realizing that God is in control all the time. And my mom sent me a picture and she said, uh, she said, I wrote this in the bottom of my Bible years ago. And it's something that God told me. And I always remember, and I always read this and it says, God said this to her. He said, do not be afraid, Kelly. I am here with you. Don't be anxious or sad because I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. I will support you and hold your hand. I'm right here by your side. Don't worry. Look at me. Look at my face. Look into my eyes and believe me when I tell you these things. I love you. And next to it, she's, she wrote, as he holds my face between his hands, he says these words to me. And you might be in a season where you need this comfort now more than ever. But know that God has his hands around your face and he's talking to you inches from your face and he's telling you, do not be afraid. Do not worry. Do not fear. Do not be sad. Do not be anxious. Do not be overwhelmed. Do not let the enemy in your mind tricking you and telling you these things. I love you. I have a plan for you. Look at me. Just look at me. I will get you through this. And that's what we need to do is to look into the eyes of God and become fearless like he already called us to be. He already told us that we are fearless. He already told us the plans he has for us. And a lot of these scriptures I quote on a lot of my podcasts, but it's because I want you to keep hearing them. I want you to keep realizing that he has a plan Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. Plans to prosper. He has plans to prosper you. Like, think about that for a second. He, he doesn't have plans to harm you. There's not plans for evil. He's giving you a future and a hope. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Don't try to make sense of it yourself. Don't try to rely on what you think because you're not supposed to rely on what you think. You need to rely on what he thinks. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And those who are called according to his purpose. So thinking about my life, Knowing that all things are working together for good, even though I was abandoned, even though I was left, even though I was betrayed, even though it messed with me, I am now able to be the person who I'm able to be because of it. And I'm grateful for that. The definition of fear is to be afraid of someone or something because you sense danger or pain or it's going to be threatening to you. That's what happens when you feel afraid and you feel fear taking over you. I, I absolutely love 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The spirit of fear is not from God. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says in Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So do not be fearful. There are things in your life right now that you're not moving forward in because you have fear, because you're using your own understanding you're thinking about it through your distorted lens of abuse and betrayal and abandonment or whatever, fill in the blank. The way that you have lived your life and the things that have happened to you, you have built up these walls. You have coped. 
you have self-medicated, you have changed the way that you're supposed to think out of protection and out of pain. You're scared of the pain. You're scared. Like, I'm not going to be hurt again. I'm never going to put myself in that situation again. So I'm never hurt again. I'm never going to allow someone to treat me like that again. So that I'm never hurt. And I don't have to have this pain anymore, but in order to carry out the promises in order to live out who God wants you to be, you have to release the fear and become fearless, whether it's elections or you lose your job or your husband says he wants a divorce or your kid gets sick or you get a diagnosis or you're battling with an addiction that you know you need to stop. You know that it's getting worse. You know that it's out of control. You know you can't control it anymore. And it's getting worse and worse and worse, but you don't know what to do and you're scared of what's going to happen. And usually these things are generational too. So if your parents were alcoholics or your grandparents were alcoholics, the chance of you being an alcoholic is a lot higher. And if they've died over that addiction, the chance of you dying becomes even greater for that addiction. It's crazy what generational patterns do to us. And we see people dying through this, but yet we find ourselves doing the exact same thing they did to end their life. We hated them for it, but yet here we are being just like them because the patterns, it's the generations. I want you to know that if you are currently in this season of desperation and you're feeling hopeless and you're tired, you're just, you're just defeated and you're, you're exhausted and you don't know how long you can keep doing this for. I want you to know that all of that is from the devil. He wants you to feel like your hope is so far away. He wants you to feel like this is never going to change. Maybe you're in a season where parenting is very hard. You're raising teens, you're raising grandchildren your kids are not acting the way that you think that they should be acting. You are in a bad season in your marriage right now where you're not seeing eye to eye. You're not connecting. You're not getting along. You don't feel loved. You're not respecting your husband. You're in a place where you're lusting after someone else, or you're thinking like, maybe I should just, you know, do something different. Or maybe you're struggling with a spouse who's sick mentally. Um, they're sick with addiction. They're sick with anger. And you're just thinking, I can't do this anymore. I can't hang on for this much longer. I don't deserve this. I deserve better. I'm not going to throw my life away. I want you to know whoever's listening to this and who needs to hear this, you made vows and, you know, everyone says their vows and it's such a beautiful thing. And I was at a wedding over the, in the fall for John's family. And you know, it's like for sickness and in health, for rich and for poor, for better, for worse. I do, you know, there, and it's like, no, you don't like, that's literally all I think when I see people say their vows, I'm like, you don't even have a clue like what's going to happen. You don't even know how hard things are going to get. You don't even know what you're going to have to go through. You don't even know what those vows mean. And now over 50% of marriages end in divorce and vows don't matter as much as they used to. But if you are struggling in, in your relationship with your spouse, you vowed to fight for them. You vowed to keep going. 
you vowed to stick through good and bad for better or for worse, for sickness and in health, for addiction, through, through it all. I mean, vows are a big deal. And you are stronger than you think because you have this superpower of God and the Holy Spirit that leads you and guides you and helps you through all of these moments. So we did an exercise a few weeks ago where I talked about going on Google and typing in, what does scripture say about fear? What does scripture say about becoming fearless? What does scripture say about anger? Fill in the blank. I want you to do a little study on your own and I want you to search for what does scripture say about fear? And I want you to click on the link of openbible.info is what comes up in a Google search. It's my favorite one. It's so easy to read them and there's no ads and it's just really nice and simple. And I want you to get some note cards and I want you to write on the note cards, the scriptures that really jump out at you. And I have these like all around me. They're literally all over. I have them. I just write them and put them on all different stuff. When I really feel like a scripture sits well with my soul and it connects with me, I write it down. Uh, like this one from Matthew 6, 25 says, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? And I needed, I needed this reminder <laughs> and it's right here because I need to see this all the time. Are you worrying? Are you adding hours to your life? No. So stop worrying, let it go. And, and it's powerful to see these things written down. And if you're someone who's really struggling right now with fear, you know, you need to make a scary change. You know where God wants you to go and you're scared to do it. And I'm going to tell you some things that I had to do where I was very scared to do them. And every single one of them took me a while to finally say, okay, God, I'm going to do it or I'm going to let go of it. And every single one of them, as I was typing this out and looking today, I realized that if I wouldn't have done these things, I wouldn't be where I am today. Every single one of these things led me to where I'm sitting today, which is the most abundant, fruitful season I've ever been in. It has nothing to do with finances, which I thought abundance and fruitfulness only had to do with finances. And I realized that it doesn't. I am the healthiest whole person I've ever been. And I truly feel like I am in the best place in my life. Not like things bad aren't happening to me because they are. I'm in a season of raising teens, okay? And, and, and doing a lot of scary things and things that I don't know what to do. And, and I'm not saying my life is perfect and things are great and easy. And every day I wake up and it's just bliss and amazing. Things are hard. Actually, just yesterday, I had to take a nap to change my emotional state. I didn't like how I was feeling. I didn't like the thoughts I was having. And I said, you know what? I need to lay down for an hour and I need to neutralize my emotion. And I did that just yesterday. So I don't think that I'm over here saying that how holy am I and I'm perfect because I'm absolutely not perfect. But I think whatever human is reaching for is this feeling of contentment, fulfillment, purpose, connection, love, forgiveness, hope. I feel all of those things. And it's because I had to learn to become fearless. 
and becoming fearless doesn't mean you have the absence of fear. It means that you do it, although you're fearful of it. So don't get it twisted and think like, okay, well, I have to let go of fear and then I can do the thing. No, you need to walk through it like a lion. And you need to say, although I'm scared to do this, I'm going to do it anyway. And here's a list of some things that I had to do very scared, very scared. And I'll tell you some of the reasons why I was so scared. The very first thing that I can remember having to do very scared is to admit to my mom and dad that I was a drug addict. And that's a hard step. And if you've dealt with addiction or someone in your family, admitting is literally the hardest thing. For so long, you make excuses for it and you dodge it and you try to control it. And you cannot admit out loud that you have a drug problem. And I had to admit that to my mom. And I knew what that was going to mean. And I knew that mean that I had that that meant that I had to go into treatment, that I had to find a program, that I had to stop doing drugs. I needed to, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to stop doing drugs at all. Um, and I was scared because I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know what I would lose. I didn't know what people would say about me. I finally had to face all of the lies and all of the things. And I had to say, I am a drug addict and I need help. And if I never would have done that, I think I would be dead because the drugs I was doing are drugs that could kill you in one time that you do them. I truly think that I would be dead right now. I had to admit that. That was hard. I had to put my pride aside. I had to show everyone that I wasn't this person that I was saying I was and that I was out of control and I had a problem. Another scary thing I had to do was keep my babies baby at the time. And so I thought until I had my ultrasound and found out there were two. That was so scary. That was so hard. But my life is, I'm going from this brand new clean drug addict who has nothing to, oh my God, I'm having kids. I'm a baby myself. I don't have a car. I don't have a house. I don't have anything. I don't have a job. It was a scary place in my life where I had to decide I'm going to do this. And it's really easy too, as you're going through these things, it, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know the decision to make. I don't know what to do. And in the intro of this podcast, I actually say, stop saying you don't know what to do because you do. It's very simple. If you follow God, you follow his word. What does God say about this problem? Take your emotions out of it. Take your feelings. Take what everyone else is telling you. What does God say? I'm pregnant. What does God say to do? I have a drug problem. Okay. What does God say to do? It's very simple when you just line up scripture to your life. And what does God say? And if you don't know what God says, go to gotquestions.org and type in, what does God say about drug addicts? What does God say about abortion? What does God say about therapy? I mean, literally you can put anything in there and you can do the research yourself. Don't just take what someone says to you about it. Do the research yourself. Another thing I had to do is quit college. The world tells you to go to college. 
I was in college because I had babies. And then I'm like, okay, I need to like get a real job. So I should go to college and I should do something because that's what the world says. So I was in college and I was going to be a nurse. And I just realized I'm like, this isn't me. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do this. And it was really hard for me to say, you know what? I'm quitting college because to me, I felt like everyone around me was going to be like, oh, here she goes. She's a failure again. You know, she just finally got over this drug problem and she's finally a mom and she's raising these kids and not here she goes. She quits college. And there were people in my life and in my family that were closest to me, uh, not my immediate family because my immediate family, nobody has gone to college and everybody's entrepreneurs and they're very, um, they're just very supportive, I guess. But there were people in my extended family that were like, why are you quitting college? Why are you throwing your life away? Literally, why are you throwing your life away? If I wouldn't have quit college, I wouldn't have found my first marketing job that I, that I went into that opened my eyes and showed me the opportunity that I had with my talents and skills. I fell in love immediately with the marketing world and with leadership and inspiration and public speaking. And it's when my eyes were open to all of that. And up until that point, I had never, ever, ever thought that I would do anything like that. And being in this new job, um, the company was DBC and I was with them and it was incredible. But, you know, another thing I had to do was quit that job. And although for a season, it was the best thing that was happening to me and it was showing me all of these things, I got to a point where I knew that God wanted me to quit it. And I quit and I got a better job with one of their competitors and I had an even bigger opportunity and a bigger platform and a bigger influence. But I got to a point where God told me to quit that job. And a lot of people told me I was crazy. And when I left that job, I lost a lot of friends and I lost a lot of respect from people in that world because they couldn't believe that I was quitting and I was giving up on this mission that they had. And, and what are you thinking? And why would you do that? And you have all of this stuff and why would you leave this? But if I wouldn't have quit that, I never would have found my entrepreneurial business when I found network marketing and at the time, it's everything I needed and wanted. And it, it showed me so much. And it was so amazing. But I got to a place where I needed to quit that too. And God told me, you need to do it. And I didn't want to. I was scared. I was scared to quit that. And another thing that I'm quitting. And what are people going to say? And what are people going to do? And here I am a quitter. And I keep quitting things. But it wasn't quitting in a negative sense. It was quitting what was dead and old in my life to experience a new level and a new sense of freedom and a new vision on life and a new calling and a new purpose. And another thing that was really scary for me is I had to start therapy. I didn't want to dig up the emotions and the pain and the memories that I stuffed so deep down. I didn't want to bring that back up. I didn't want to set a timer for 10 minutes and look at a list of negative emotions and write down every single emotion that made me think of my father as a child. That I bawled my eyes out sitting right here at this desk in this place, bawling my eyes out, hyperventilating, crying, writing down words like 
abandonment and neglect and abuse. And it was awful. It, it was awful. It was on February 2nd, 2021. I still have the notes in my phone here. I felt left, unwanted, unaccepted, unapproved of, disliked, unpleasant to be around, forgotten. I felt worthless, unhappy, unsatisfied, discontentment. All of these things that I felt and you might feel them right now too. And this might be something that you realize that you're in this place and you hate feeling like this. You hate feeling this version of yourself and you just want to be free and you want to be different and you want things to change. You have to listen to what God is telling you. God is telling you to move forward. He's telling you to quit something or start something or read something, or talk to someone, you feel it, you know, if you close your eyes for even 30 seconds and say, God, what do I do next? And you're silent, you will hear an answer. You do know what to do next. You do know who you need to talk to. You do need to know who you should forgive. You do know the church that you should attend. You do know the small group that you should be a part of. You do know that you should quit your job or start a new one or take a new one or Whatever you know, you know that you need to do it. The, one of the scariest things I ever had to do is forgive my dad and truly forgive him and move on. And I knew that God wanted him back in my life and I couldn't understand why. I couldn't understand why. I'm like, I do not want this man back in my life. I have no, no desire for him to be back in my life. I need to just move on. It's water under the bridge. I'm over it. Move on. But my over it was just, let's just forget about it and say I'm over it. I wasn't actually getting over it. If you just sweep it under the rug, it just builds up and then you trip on the rug one day. And then, and then another big thing that was hard for me was to quit my network marketing career. You know, I worked for seven years building a business for what I thought was my dream job. I had achieved everything I wanted. I was speaking on stages. I had a team of 10,000 people. I was a top earner in my company. I was adored and approved of and loved and all the things that I was searching for my whole life that I needed. And God told me to quit. And for a whole year, I journaled. I know that you want me to quit, but God, I cannot quit. I cannot quit this. I love this. I love this. This is my identity. This is who I am. What do you mean quit? Are you serious? I can't quit this. And when I quit, I, they attempted to sue me. They, I lost a ton of friends in quotations, of course. Uh, and my name was drugged through the mud and I was slandered and I had so many lies about me. I'm still finding out lies about me, in fact, that people have heard, um, like I was successfully sued and lost everything and I wasn't successfully sued. Uh, you know, things, it was hard. My reputation was ruined because I followed God. People who were Christians in that company wouldn't leave me alone telling me like, Taryn, this is the devil tricking you, pulling you away. You know, don't listen to him. You're losing your mind. You're crazy. And I remember thinking, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Like, what am I doing? Like, am I crazy? Am I hearing voices? Like, what is happening to me? But I knew that God wanted me to quit. I knew he wanted me to move forward, even though I was terrified. 
he wanted me to start a marriage ministry in my church. I had no idea how to do ministry. I had no idea how to lead inside of a church. I was terrified to do that. He then told me to start a motherhood ministry in my church. Again, I'm not equipped to do that. I'm not the best mom there is out there. I'm not the best person to lead this and do this. But he called me to do it. And he called me to start this podcast. And he said, start this podcast, start speaking, start telling your story, start letting other people know that they're not alone. And when I started doing these things, that's when my life really started to change. Doing all of these scary things and walk through these moments of quitting job after job after job and quitting college and quitting these things that the world says to keep going at. The world says not to quit. The world says you're a loser. You're a quitter. You're never going to finish anything. You know, all these beliefs that were placed on us, these things that I did against the grain were the best things that I ever did. It's what brought me into this abundant, fruitful life that I'm in right now. There are promises of God. There's actually a book that talks about the promises of God that I'm in the middle of reading right now. And six of his promises, I want to tell you regarding this, he promises to bless our children and our descendants if we're obedient. He promises to provide for us. Let me remind you, when I quit my jobs, I didn't have another job lined up. And when I quit my job, it was, okay, I'm barely making ends meet with this money. And now I'm quitting this job and literally now have no income. Every time I quit a job, it was like that. It wasn't like I had money saved, except when I left network marketing. When I left network marketing, I did have a, a huge chunk of money in the bank and savings. And it was from that job. And I was very diligent about doing that. But other than that, there, were, there was no money anywhere when I quit everything else. And God promises to provide for us. So if you know you need to leave your job and you don't know how you're going to provide for things because right now you're not even making ends meet, but you are, you know, you're not dying of starvation. You don't have no roofs over your head, even if you're in a shelter, because I know that there are people who listen to this podcast that are currently homeless, that are living in shelters. God is still providing for you. God is still turning something terrible into something good. Your story is continuing. Your story is going. It's not like this is the end. You're in the middle of it. You're in the midst of it. And I promise you're going to look back and you're going to be so grateful for those times where you felt like you were in the fire because you were being refined. God promises to give us hope in dark times. He promises to give us peace and stability. He promises to keep us from being shaken. And he promises to deliver us from fear. So my main point is that you need to focus on Jesus. He has his hands around your face and he's talking to you. Stop looking around. Stop listening to all of these other people and be focused on Jesus and getting to know him. Get as close as you can to him. Listen to his words. Pray for his guidance. I know that when you start to pray, it's very hard to like, okay, what do I even pray for? And I promise as you pray, you will learn how to do this, but I've created a free prayer list for you. And they're actually the prayers that I pray over my life every single day. And if you want to download them so you can start to experience this, go to my link in my bio on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi and go to my freebie section and click the list to download the prayers. There's two prayer lists. There's one for parents and there's one um, just general prayers. 
you can download them and start saying them over your life. He can deliver you from fear. He can, he can light the path and slam the door to where you need to go. Realize that you have a plan. Become fearless. Become unstoppable. Move through fear and watch your life change and transform. It's, we're, we're nearing the end of a year. It's November 9th, 2022. You only have one more month after this month and it's a brand new year. Imagine if you decided to get as close as you could to Jesus for one year. I promise you with everything that I have, your life will be a 180 difference from what it is today. I don't care how sick, how demonic, how depressed, how whatever you're going through, you will be a new creature. <laughs> You'll be a new creature because of our creator. You will, guaranteed. You're not alone. You're not crazy. You have a plan for your life. God has set you apart. He has spoken promises over you. Don't get caught up in the world, whether it's elections or politics or family drama. Just set your eyes on God and think, okay, I'm going to move forward. Guide me, lead me, direct me. And if you ever need to reach out and you need someone to talk to, reach out to me on Instagram. You can book a clarity call with me. We can talk for 30 minutes on the phone. And I would love to encourage you and help you to accomplish your goals, to become the woman in Christ he wants you to become. Bold, courageous, strong, fearless, because that's who raises up awesome generations to come. That's who creates world change. It's not about you. It's about what he's going to do through you. We need you to wake up. We need you to become fearless because we need your help in fighting this world. So will you help me? Will you take that next step and say, I'm going to do this? I'm going to become fearless. I am going to step into who God called me to be. I am done with being tricked by the devil. I am done wearing a veil. I am done being in denial. I'm ready to admit. I'm ready to move forward. And please, if you need help and you need resources and you're in a bad space, please reach out to me. I want to be there for you. I want to help you. So I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And God bless you. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley, and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.